0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
2: And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track, over his head and over the wall you believe
1: that? And 29 other MLB clubs.
2: Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, gone. Go hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a Judgy in blast. All rise, here comes the Judge.
1: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from humidors to spin rates, to game-changing moments. We have you covered.
2: Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to A's Cast Live. God, it feels like forever since we were on air with you here on A's Cast Live. It is great to be back. For everybody listening, athletics.com slash A's cast. For everybody watching on Twitter and YouTube, we get it rolling once again as the Athletics take the day off. Back in action down at the Big 8 tonight. Should be a lot of fun. Teams are looking a little different, but uh, always good taking on the Angels. And we now have a new representative on the desk, uh, the actual rally monkey, Commander Where did you get... This is how stupid these people are in Southern California. (laughs) This is a rally monkey. Now, they have a lot of different versions of the rally monkey, and the only reason why I know this is the last time I was down there, when I was allowed to travel, 2019, this woman who season ticket holder, sits right behind just a little bit to the right of home plate is in the front row of the second part of the seat. So you have the seats in that first part of the stadium, like every stadium, go from home plate up, then you have a walkway, then you have the next level, and she was right there on the railing, and she literally had like 30 rally monkeys, because, you know, they all have the hands have the uh, Velcro. So she had like 30 rally monkeys. That's the only reason why I know there's a lot of different rally monkeys. This, though, was definitely a giveaway because there's a sponsor on the back. This is an official Rally Monkey. So now, on our desk, because really, even though we hate these teams, the people that work work for them are friends. We've got our Nolan Ryan bobblehead to represent the great Nolan Ryan. By the way, we have a we have a note that was brought up on Twitter about Nolan Ryan that makes him the freak of like all freaks really in any sport it's amazing we've got the snow globe safe go field snow globe which is really cool because it's a snow globe right but yet the roof moves back and forth on the snow globe this is actually a really good one and then we have a rally monkey we are just missing something from the Houston Astros
3: well i got the rally monkey as i mentioned before my wife is an angels fan except for when they're bad, so every year she's a Dodgers fan after the Angels stink, which, as of right now, they stink. Uh, So that's where I got the rally monkey from. It was either bring that or bring the Otani 1 Kenobi bobblehead that they got for me this year, being a Star Wars fan and Obi-Wan Kenobi theme. Now, this is much better because
0: this is is a true old school because this was from years ago. Yeah, you can tell it is. The rally monkey has evolved dramatically from... Custom logos. Uh, uh, This was actually a rally monkey made in San Diego. And that's kind of appropriate how we start the show out today.
3: Well, I was going to say quickly, now we have a friend with the Astros as a
0: player besides Ryan Stanek. Maybe Trey Mancini could give us something. The great Trey Mancini, which Will Smith and Trey Mancini go into the Astros. I've got a list of bravo that I say to these teams and shame on you. I've made a list. We all know that Frankie Montas got moved. And coming up here at 4.30, Adam Marco, the voice of the A team for the New York Yankees, had two of the guys in the trade in their rotation. So we will break down uh, this trade. Frankie Montas going to the Yankees. That's the big thing. And also... Um, our old friend Lou Trevino. I got text Lou. Lou was always really good to us here on AceCast Live. Um, Ken Waldachuk will be coming in. He was. He is now officially our third-ranked prospect. I, whenever they do, it's the dumbest yeah. thing in the world. Um, but the big left-hander from San Diego pitched at St. Mary's. He was pitching in tri- AAA. We already saw JP Sears, the other left-hander in this deal. Earlier this year against the A's, so June twenty eighth. We'll, we'll find out from the play by play guy of the Triple A team. He's he's been watching them. What are we getting? Uh, Luis Medina uh, coming in as a hard throwing right hander in Double A. We'll also hear from David Force what he has to say about these guys, and then Cooper Bowman, second baseman. I don't know if I will get into our friend Keith Law. From the Athletic, who I've done a lot of shows with, uh, former executive turned media guy, does not love the trade for the A's, but uh, we'll see uh, what this is going to look like for the Athletics when we talk to the guy who's seen really the two guys are going to help us right away. and That's Adam Marco, who does play-by-play for the A Yankees. And we're going to have Melissa Lockhart, who does a great job covering the A's from a standpoint of the minor league system and really all of minor league baseball for the Athletics. She'll be here at 5 o'clock. How does she view it? What's she hearing? What surprised her didn't happen? I'm surprised. I thought a lot of deals would happen with the A's. And it was Frankie Montas and will you take Lou Trevino. I love this deal for Lou Trevino. A reset for him. He's got a terrific arm. He's a terrific guy. Gets in his own head all of his problems are cerebral. They're all like all of us. If you play sports long enough and you play at a competitive level, you're going to have issues that have nothing to do with physical. You're going to have issues mentally where you struggle and you fight yourself and you don't trust yourself. And sometimes you you just you need a different 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 place, different scenario. Lose an East Coast guy Going back to the East Coast, I don't know. Will lose start right in the Yankees bullpen.
3: I would think so. He was. They showed a video of him there, clean shaven, no beard yeah, anymore. Good. I, I I fear, and I mentioned this to you and a lot of people.
0: He can't be sent down anyway.
3: No, I feel that because he's making like three million dollars a year. Was so he
0: had three million. Obviously, he's not making that, but I don't think he's. He doesn't have options anymore.
3: I feel like he could be the next uh, maybe Clay Holmes for the Yankees. Remember how Clay Holmes was a bad Pirates pitcher? They brought him in. They made him effective in the late innings, and now he's the closer of the the Yankees. I'm not saying Lou is going to be the closer of the Yankees, but they can get him right. That's a deadly weapon for the Yankees coming out of their bullpen, and they are the best team in the – well, not American League, Major League Baseball right now. It's a huge
0: if, but Lou's good people, and like all these guys we have lost – we're going to root for him, and I, I, I'm i going to be really happy. if I, I'll feel really happy this October if I see Lou Trevino out in pinstripes throwing the baseball in the postseason and doing well. I mean, the relationship you developed with him, the relationship I developed with him, we remember when he first got called here. I mean, Lou was great to us. Lou is a super guy. Um, just got married recently. Like his life was going so good, closer, and then this year just got off to, got COVID, and just didn't really, didn't really rebound. And it's been a brutal year. And I can't wait for the postgame show tonight. How many people? Oh, I can't believe he's still pitching, Towney. Why is he still pitching? Well, there's a reason. They want to move him. But his ERA is over six. Doesn't matter. Someone will take him. Someone took Joey Gallo, and it was the Dodgers, for God's sakes. If they still believe you have talent, you'll have a place in this league. But I wanted to start with this. The San Diego Padres today won the trading deadline in a huge way. And whether Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Josh Hader help Bob Melvin and the Padres in the postseason, they still right now, if it ended today, would be in a wild card series on the road. They wouldn't be at home, they'd be on the road. A three-game set on the road, which if it ended right now, would be Atlanta. So, but, with the and, and, and what I'm going to say here, I have to throw us the Oakland Athletics in it, or I'd be a hypocrite. So I'm including what I'm about to say. I include the Oakland Athletics in this. We are a part of it. Do I love it? No, but I have to because I have to be honest and I have to be real to you. The San Diego Padres right now are making everybody in baseball look bad. They really are. Kind of exposing everybody. That includes us. I have to say it. I can't, I can't go see Pittsburgh, see Kansas City without saying see Oakland. San Diego is one of the smaller markets in Major League Baseball. They are. They're not New York. They're not L.A., not East Coast, not Boston, Philly, not Chicago. They're just not. I mean, Houston right now, I think, is the fourth largest city in the country. There's a lot of places that have way bigger television contracts, have way more money. You know, you look at there's a bunch of teams that have way more money that make more money. What did the Padres do? They went all in. But why did they go all in? Why did the Padres go all in? Now, the the average baseball fan, and I love all of you, and I know if I had asked Cody that, Cody would have said, because they want to win. They want to win. Don't you want to win? It's about winning the World Series. That's what everybody would say. That's why they went in. No. That's a part of it. But that's not why they did it. Let me tell you why they did it. Because they can. Because the money's there. Do you think the San Diego Padres signed Manny Machado, Fernando Tatís Jr to contracts? Manny's is 300 million, Nando's is 300, and I don't know.
3: 340, I believe somewhere in that 25. range. 25 I think it's 340.
0: Do you think they went out and signed those Hosmer to 145 million, something? Do you think they, now Hosmer's gone in Boston. But do you think they went out and signed all that? and guaranteed all of that, they just traded away about $21.5 million worth of signing bonuses to prospects. That's not money you recoup. A.J. Preller, who runs the Padres, who's been stacking all these kids with millions of dollars in signing bonuses, just traded all of that millions of dollars. And now is taking in a ton of money. And potentially huge money in the future. Because they have the money. They're not taking that money in because they're going to lose. You think you think the Padres are doing all this and because they're going to lose money? That's where they're exposing everybody else. Sorry, telling the truth today on Trading Deadline. It's truth day to go along with the trading deadline. Everybody in baseball is making a grip on of money, right? They're all making huge money. Just the Padres are willing to spend it. With all the money coming in from Apple TV, with all the money coming in from Peacock, all the money coming in from the merch, all the money coming in from everybody who can watch games from around the world, baseball is cash rich right now. It's cash rich. And attendance is not the big deal anymore. They're making money. It's just most of these teams don't want to spend it. That's why payrolls have been going down. Even with the COVID year, they're still making tons of money. The Padres are you think the Padres are going broke? You think the Padres are just riverboat gamblers, and we're gonna put all of our money in the in the middle of the table, and if we lose this hand, we're broke. Nope. They're doing all this because they got it, Cody. If I would have said before the show, and you just heard that answer, and I and I asked you, why do you think the Padres are doing all this?
3: Well, I told you, you already said it. I said they want to win. They want to win, but they want to win. The the crazy thing too about no,
0: they have. Yeah, they want to win. They have the money. They're not taking risk. This isn't. This isn't. This isn't that. We, you know. You may watch MLB Network, and they may say there's a lot of risk here. This isn't risk. This isn't risk at all. They have the money. That's why when I get to my shame on you list, there's these teams that have huge money, and they're not spending it. And shame on you. I'll get to that list. But I got to start the show. I want to do two things that I love and two things that I hate about Juan Soto. Not him personally. All right? I'm going to say, well, shots fired. The two things that I love and the two things that I hate. All right. Here's what I love about the deal for Juan Soto, and this is for any team that would have got him. His talent is so amazing at his age. The numbers are truly amazing at 23 years old. I mean, you look at this kid, he's got everything. He mashes. He does not swing at pitches out of the strike zone. He's got discipline at his age. It is truly unbelievable. All right? Look at him. He's good looking. He's got a beautiful smile. You see how good looking this kid is? He's got everything. Remember in Moneyball, we're not selling jeans here? Well, we're selling jeans, but these jeans work as a baseball player. He's got everything, right? He's a star. He's got – and now, as a Latino ball player in Southern California, you know how big this could play in Southern California? This would have worked for whether it's the Padres, the Angels, or the Dodgers, right? I, You know, we had – dave stewart on last friday talking about fernando mania what 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 you can capitalize on with a spanish-speaking baseball player in southern california who's good looking and he's got some of the greatest talent you've ever seen love the deal absolutely love the deal number two why i love the deal you're buying all of his good years 10 years, 12 years, whatever it is you want to work out with him, you're buying 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, you name it. It's amazing. You could buy him till he's, I mean, I'm cool with you buying a guy till he's 34, 35. You're still going to get good years, but then that's the deal's up. So I know I'm going to get to where, and this goes on, the what I hate about the deal, but from a standpoint of what I love, super talent, superstar kid, I can market him like you wouldn't believe in Southern California. Like if I had him in Kansas City, if I had him in Seattle, San Diego, I can market the you-know-what out of him in San Diego. Perfect. Great look and smile, all-world talent, boom. Now, sign him, whatever the money is, but I'm buying all prime years. I'm not buying Miguel Cabrera. I'm not buying Albert Pujol years. I'm buying nothing but the best years of his career. Love that. What do I hate? Obviously the money. Because if you're telling me, but townie and, and this is where this is where I differ a lot with people on MLB network because they're not very good unless it's one of the XGMs, they're not very good at the business side of baseball or the marketing side. They're just they just look at they look at baseball players. they're basically just looking baseball reference. Here's the problem with the whole idea of, Oh, I get him, and I get him for three stretch drives, right? I get him for three pennant chases. I get him for three World Series. Folks, if you think you trade this guy and the town falls in love with him, that you're now going to flip him, you know how hard that's going to be? You gave up all that capital. It's one thing if the A's got him, and then we all knew this coming in, ah, we're flipping this guy. That's not what this is going to be. You're going to bring him in. Everybody's going to fall in love with him. And then you're going to dump him when everybody's in love with him. It's like, it's like, you know what? I found a woman who I love. She's perfect. And I'm going to bring her to meet my parents. I'm going to bring her to meet my family. But I know in my mind two years from now I'm dumping her. I'm moving on. Doesn't work that way. Does not work that way. So this is what I'm going to hate. If you're not going to sign him, I hate this deal. It'll be brutal because you're going to bring him in and you even try that they'll fall in love with him. Like I just said, look at this kid. He's super marketable in Southern California. Fans are going to love him. He's a monster. He's going to hit, he's going to do, He's. Get, they're going to be like, this is the greatest guy we've ever had. He's going to push Fernando Tatis to the curb. You're going to be looking at how do we move Fernando Tatis and get this drama queen who's always hurt, get him the hell out of here, and let's pay this guy. He's your next Tony Gwynn. And you're just going to move him in his prime? Gonna be tough to do. So I don't like it from that aspect. I think that will cause a lot of, that will be, you going not try to tell me that's not going to be drama. Oh yeah, I mean you're right.
3: City falls in love with him. Preller's in a really bad and uh, tough
0: spot. I mean he, you, you know, he kind of remind you know you know what it kind of reminds me of, who he reminds me of with that smile and who he could be in San Diego, is like Junior Seau. Like that's a, good, that's a good comp. Everybody loved. Like you could, I like, Seau didn't get dealt to, you know, like seventeen years in the league, but. Once a town like that falls in love, remember, Padres have no competition anymore. There's no NBA. There's no NFL. There's no NHL. I mean, they're falling in love with this team all over again, and you fall in love with this guy, you're not going to be able to move him. Number two, what I don't like, and this is years from now, and this is first world problems, is, okay, you've now had him for 12 years, You had him through his prime. You love him. Me as a business guy say, now I want to dump him. Now he's heading to his late 30s. But the problem is you won't be able to. Why? Because once again, you fell in love with him. Because now it's going to be, well, he's going to have 3,000 hits. Oh, he's going to have 500 home runs or 600 home runs. and This is now where you get into Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. You could ditch him at like 34. You could say, bought his prime years, had everything, but you're now going to say, ah, he's a statue guy. Smart business would be dump him now, let him go. You had his prime years. Let him go somewhere else because he's not on PEDs. He's going to fade. But no, he's going to want another big contract at 34 years old and you're going to get suckered into giving it to him, and it's going to be like Miguel Cabrera. We're going to applaud. Oh, look at this guy. Oh, what a great career he's had, but he's got no power, and he can't run. Put it this way. I hate to say it, and this metric to me means nothing really, but they're already showing he's not very fast at 23 years old. This is not a speedster. He doesn't run well at 23. What do you think he's going to be like at 36, 37, and 38? So, two things I love. Simple. Talent, all world, great smile, Southern California, I'll market the hell out of him. Big win. Biggest thing out of anything is you're buying his prime years. You're not buying a bad year. Are you going to call 34 a bad year? I mean, maybe the worst year, because he doesn't want to sign like a 15-year deal. He wants to get two contracts from what I'm, Gathering Could be wrong. Scott Boris hasn't called me. But it sounds like he wants two contracts. So this contract will be 10 to 12, and then he's so young, there'll be that old man contract. So this contract, the first one, you'll be buying all prime years. I don't think 34 is a bad year at all. All right. So we agree on that. Two things I hate. Everybody's going to fall in love with them. You're not gonna be able to flip them in two years, because they'll be in love. You're gonna be selling, you're gonna be selling all the That's what I'm saying. You think they fell in love with Tatis Jr.? Wait till they get a load of this guy. Every day. You're gonna have Soto jerseys everywhere. There's gonna be a car dealership, there's gonna be a bank. Who knows what he's going to be able to capitalize on being there? He is going to be the star of stars there. You will, you're coming at the Dodgers now. Can you imagine if he's the reason you're now taking on the Dodgers and the Padres knocked the Dodgers off their pedestal? You're then going to move him? You brought him in to meet your parents. It's like you put a ring you put a ring on his finger. You got engaged and you're not going to flip him and take that ring back after two years? drama don't see it happening that's why that's the one thing i hate about the deal if they think if they're going in big bad and bold going we got them for three pennant races then we'll flip them or we'll let them walk that will be uh, that will be one messy breakup and then fact two that i hate is that you're going to be so linked to that second contract I think they're going to have to sign him long-term. I think you're having to have to give him that record contract. At, at that point, you're probably going to have to somehow ditch Machado or Fernando Tatis Jr., which we find out. You'll find a market. Tatis and Machado are still young. You'll find a market of where to move one of those guys. In the end, you're going to have to move one of those guys, sign this guy, sign him up to whatever this record deal is, so ha- part of this move I love, part of this move I hate. But if if in baseball terms, you throw on Bell, who's having a terrific year, and what do the Padres need? Padres are 17th. Well, I can tell you right now. Padres are 17th in runs. Padres are 17th in runs per game, 25th in slug. Bell gives you both. And you pick up Hater to come out of that bullfin for Bob Melvin. So you picked up a closer, a first baseman who swings it, who's actually hitting three hundred. What? A guy's hitting three hundred?
3: Yeah, they might have they might have acquired the two best hitters on the market in the same deal.
0: And you get an, a guy who's potentially going to be an all time great. Yeah. The uh, probably Huge. I mean
3: you already got Soto who people are comparing to Ted Williams and Ted Williams from San Diego. I mean, people are probably gonna be excited about Juan Soto. And then you get Hader also who might be the best closer of his generation. And he, has, he, he had the record time to getting the 500 strikeouts, which is a big deal. I know he struggled the past month, and people, some people don't believe in him anymore. He's still so young. I think he's, what, 28? He's got plenty of time. He's going to do well in San Diego. The, the Padres are going to be set up for years to come. And I, I think Machado's the guy they probably try to flip.
0: I, 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 I love what Houston did, getting Trey Mancini and Will Smith. They, they had no lefty. When the Astros are here, remember we were talking about them uh, needing to get a lefty? They got their lefty. And then I think the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees got rid of Joey Gallo. The Yankees picked up Benettende. They needed a contact guy, they needed somebody who wasn't all or nothing. So now you got him and at least got him and LeMayu. Glaber's having a better year. Uh, and then, of course, you get Frankie Montas. Frankie Motas is big. That's a big move for them. So I love what San Diego did. I love what Houston did, and I love what New York did.
3: They also got Harrison Bader for Jordan McConnell. Bader
0: Bader is a fantastic defensive player, yeah. smart guy. However they're going to work that out, obviously Giancarlo has the tendonitis in his Achilles, so could he be the Achilles heel of the team?
3: Uh, well done. By by the way, Padres also got Brandon Drury from the Reds, so he can play anywhere in the infield. And apparently they traded for another catcher after the deadline, Cam Gallagher. So, A.J. Preller, really busy the last two days. Very bad.
0: Hosmer's now gone. They shipped him off to – because Hosmer did not waive the no trade. So, they had to – the deal was done no matter what. So, they had to get creative, and they ended up shipping Hosmer to Boston. They're going to have to pay some money for that, but for whatever.
3: Luke Luke Voigt to the Nationals was the the other player in the deal.
0: My shame on you. My shame on you. Let's start with the San Francisco Giants. Let's hear from all the Giants apologists in our area. Where are you at, Giants apologists? Huh? You you act like a big market. You make money like a big market team. You're 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 just playing money ball. You loved Moneyball last year, remember? Oh, my God. No one uses their lineup better. No one uses their roster better. Farhan's a genius. Kapler uses all 25 guys. He's amazing. Not so much this year. Money, people aren't loving Moneyball right now. What's San Francisco do? Come on. Where are you? You're big. You're a big player? Would you say the San Francisco Giants are big players after watching this? With all that money and their ballpark's the best ballpark, That that's what you got? Red Sox? Red Sox fans are happy that Eric Hosmer, Padres are picking up a lot of his salary. What? You're the Red Sox. Start acting like it. You're happy. You're behind bloom is running you like the Rays. Now, you're the Red Sox, the highest tickets in all of Major League Baseball. No one charges humans more to go to games than the Boston Red Sox, and you're happy to be run like the Rays? You're happy, hey, we're not having to pay. Like, I can not believe Red Sox fans are actually saying, like, they're like, hey, look, we don't even have to pay a lot of his salary. What the hell are you talking about, man? You're the Boston Red Sox. You should be spending. Where's Big Poppy? Where's Manny Ramirez? Where's Pedro Martinez? You should be buy, 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 win, win, win. You've lost Mookie Betts. You don't even know what you're going to have with Bogarts. And you're happy to get Eric Hosmer? Again, you're not paying his salary? Boy, have you guys dropped. By the way, there's 0-11-1 in series against American League East teams. 0-11-1 in series. Yeah, that's that's not good. Yeah. The Boston Red Sox, you're officially the Tampa Bay Sox. That's what you are. Playing money ball. No, you're going to beat the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Hell, you can't even beat the Rays, and that's who you've become, and you can't beat them. Or the Orioles. My other one, the Chicago White Sox. Shame on you, White Sox. Who are you? You were supposed to blow everybody away everybody away in the Central. Forgla- foregone conclusion, where are the White Sox, Tony La Russa, all this talent, whether you had injuries or not, everybody has injuries. I got a whole list here of guys that are coming back from injuries that we're going to get into. What'd you do? You've done nothing. You've done nothing but, but be a dysfunctional 500 team. And you're running out of time. Twins got better. What are you doing? I, I, and where was I? You know what? It was this weekend while I was doing the TV with Dave Stewart off the air. uh, Glenn, you know, during A's pregame live, we do that hit with the guys at the broadcast. And Glenn and Jerry Blevins. And Glenn told us this was off the air. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not saying anything that he just said, wow, there's a lot of bad mojo around here. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Glenn when he gets back from the road trip, but it's bad news down on the – where do they play? Southside. Southside of Chicago is very dysfunctional right now, and they did at the break. Nope. I mean, at the deadline.
3: Not only that, Tony La Russa, they caught falling
0: asleep, looked like in the dugout in the first inning yesterday. Yeah. The first inning of a game. I don't blame them. I'd want to go to sleep, too, if I had to watch that crap. So bravo to the Padres. Bravo to the Astros. Bravo to the Yankees. Shame on you, San Francisco Giants. What are you? I mean, we're going to sign guys to one-year deals, and we're just going to platoon and play the splits. Okay. How much does it cost to go to games? How much does it cost for a beer? How much does it cost for a cha-cha bowl? I don't know, Giant fans. Once again, money ball's great when it works. We've lived it. Other teams have lived it. But when it doesn't work, when all the different platoons don't work and the certain relievers don't work and you don't have the health, it just... And what's what's entertaining about going to watch a team... That doesn't have a star player, right? Buster Posey's gone. His money, money's off the books. There's no Bonds. I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. I want to see a guy like Barry Bonds, right? Isn't or, that what you're it, used to? You just had, I'm Will Clark, and I'm the thriller. Ah! Where's your star? I'm a Giants fan. I got to see stars. That's what you guys always tell us.
3: They're the kings of finishing second in every sweepstakes. Bryce Harper, John Carlos Stanton. Hell, oh, we'll probably find out later today. They finished second in the Juan soto trade trade rumors.
0: I'm Will the Thrill Clark and I'm Giant Forever. Yeah. All right. He was a really good player. But Giant fans are always telling me, I'm a Giant fan. We got stars. We're big market. We're all right. You're not acting like it, Boston. You're acting like the Ray. Boston's basically become the Rays. Rays, Rays. No, they're not going to spend the money. But the Rays act more bold than the Red Sox do,
3: and the Red Sox might lose Xander Bogarts after the year because he can wait for it, opt out of his contract just like Carlos people, Rodon can.
0: People are leaving the Boston Red Sox because of money. Are you? Are, are you kidding me? They have one of the largest TV contracts. They have the highest ticket prices. They're the Boston Red Sox, and they and. Mookie Bet said, I'm out of here. Xander Bogar would say, I'm out of here. What? What is going on? Uh, do you want to add quickly Bravo before we uh before we have to start talking about the uh not before we have to, but we we will. We're going to address the prospects the A's got. You got a Bravo or a shame on you?
3: A uh, Bravo? I'm not even gonna do a trade. I'm, well they did make some trades. I, I love what Atlanta did. Signing Austin Riley to a ten-year deal, $212 dollars. They lock up him. They have Albies. They have Acuna. They have uh, uh, Matt Olson Olson, all locked up. They go out and get Rysel Iglesias from the Angels today. They got um,
0: that might not be a great thing. They got
3: Jake Odorizzi to come be a starter for them in the flip with the Astros. I like what they did. Um, Shame on you. uh, I'm sorry you didn't bring it up. You
0: said they're a different category. I'm going to bring up
3: what Baltimore. What are you
0: doing? Baltimore's in the what the F category. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Major League Baseball. If I'm the commissioner, if I and, and by the way, I dug this up today. My wife always says to me, why do you keep all the papers? You know, Pr- Cody prints all those papers. Why? Cody's killing trees. Why do you keep all that? Why? Why do I keep it? To go back to it later when it comes true. Because sometimes Cody prints stuff that we need to hold on to from the athletic Ken Rosenthal MLB's expanding playoffs, not yet boosting competition and the risk of trading with the guardians. Now forget the guardians thing. Ken Rosenthal wrote that. Oh, I forget. When was this June? Uh, Yeah. I should have had the date on there. June major league baseball, expanded its playoffs for more teams to get involved. And with the gutless Giants and other teams like that, National League really doesn't have much of a competition. There's teams like, like Red Sox. We, we added postseason for teams to be more aggressive, to be more in this thing. Shame on the Baltimore Orioles. I didn't ask you. You didn't ask. We didn't ask for you to go out and Add. You're on a great run. People are showing up to the ballpark again. It's a great baseball city. People want to love you again. And what did you do? You sold players. And if the Orioles go out next year and stink, Mike Elias should be fired. And I don't like for calling for people's jobs, but here you had an opportunity. Did you have to trade these guys? Did you have to trade your closer to Minnesota? Did you have to trade your bat to Houston? No, you didn't. You've, you've been living off telling us you got a ton of prospects coming. But you're in it. You're actually in it. Two and a half games out of, the, of a wild card. Spot. You're in it. You waved the white flag. Ah, we don't want to be in it. So all these teams that did make moves, and yes, the Orioles – you basically just crapped on Major League Baseball. They threw everybody a lifeline. Here's more playoffs for people to get in. And a bunch of people went, "Yeah, we'd rather not try. It's, it's the problem with the game. It really, uh, today's not the day, maybe tomorrow. I've thought a lot about this on who's to blame. Um, and I think you could blame owners. It's their game, no question. But I really think, I really think a lot could be blamed on the players on this. And the players' union. Save that as a tease for tomorrow. All right, coming up next, we are going to talk to Yankees triple-A play-by-play man. We'll find out exactly who are these guys the A's got for Frankie and Lou next right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: A's cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: Well, I don't have my playbook in front of me because my computer is restarting. Can't remember
3: his name. Uh, it's Adam Marco, the voice of the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, also member of the PSAC conference, I found out yesterday. So Lou Trevino out. We bring another one in. But yeah, that's Adam Marcos, the voice of the AAA team of the uh, New York Yankees.
0: So earlier today, because obviously he's on the East Coast, he had a game. uh, Very, very kind with his time to talk to us about the prospects that the A's got for Frankie and Lou. Here is the voice of the AAA Yankees thank you so much for taking the time to stop by a's cast live today we're trying to figure out who are these guys that we got for frankie montas and for lou trevino how are you
4: i'm doing well getting ready for a rail riders game myself and excited to see this trade deadline come and go (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's well, I mean, you knew the Yankees were going to be players. Uh, we started to hear, I mean, obviously, Billy Bean and Brian Cashman are the two longest tenured executives in Major League Baseball. But they've been very good friends for many, many years. So it wasn't shocking when we heard, because the A's and Yankees have been doing deals for years. But when you heard Frankie Montas, we can actually give you the scouting report, too, on Lou Trevito. But how did you feel about that for the Yankees?
4: so knowing where new york wants to go what they want to do and i thought they would have been in on him prior to the season anyway uh, a couple of guys that they've been kind of kicking the tires on i feel for a long time so it doesn't surprise me i, I think the addition of torino is a interesting wrinkle to this deal for me it's the yankees giving up two-thirds or two-fifths of my rotation here in Scranton-Wilkesbarre. Wilkesbury it was a tough deal to swallow but I understand why now I want to see the Yankees win but I want to see the Rail Riders win I'm a little biased on my own team oh yeah you're getting a couple of really premium prospects from this organization now Sears doesn't quite have the prospect label but he is has been so sneaky good this year with just phenomenal control so I'm excited for them to get the opportunity Walter is a California guy San Diego but a California guy to begin with. I think it's a really intriguing deal for New York. It gives them that that second arm. And with their rotation, you know, with Garrett Cole, who do you follow with? Can they stay healthy? What are you going to get out of Nestor Cortez? You know, when do the innings hit? So I think any deal they were going to make for pitching made sense. I, I don't like giving up anybody at any point, but that's just me. I, I get why they did it. And I think it's a really good deal. I think it could be a good deal for both sides.
0: All right, which guy do you want to go over first from uh, your team that we've got?
4: So, J.P. Sears is a guy that has been up with New York a couple of times this year. He was with them out of spring training. He's a three-pitch guy, but his control is phenomenal. I don't know if he's necessarily going to blow you away, but he puts it wherever he needs to. He's a high-strikeout, low-walk guy and has been thoroughly impressive in the spurts we've seen him in scranton wilkes this year.
0: Well, we've actually seen him this year, but it was, wasn't, you know, anything dynamic that you remember back uh, against the Oakland athletics, but at the big league level established career, where do you view him on a staff?
4: I think he is at least a three or a four. I mean, maybe you get him a five, but he could be thoroughly effective out of the bullpen. He didn't really get enough time, I think, to shine in New York this year. They put him on just that yo-yo track back and forth between the Bronx and scranton wilkes and that's tough on every one of these guys. But when he was up there, save a couple of outings, he was outstanding. I mean, it was difficult to hit. He was putting guys away. So I think you're getting at least a three or a four right there, if not a decent left-hander long arm out of the bullpen.
0: Well, what you're getting is versatility, and a team like D.A. is where we are now and where the game is going. My God, with the average starting pitchers this year only throwing 84 pitches a game, you know, the death of the starting pitcher. If you're somebody that can be, let's say, a three, a four, very valuable, and you're good coming out of the bullpen, you can eat innings out of the bullpen. That's a valuable piece and a very versatile guy, and everybody's looking for that, so that's good. As you mentioned, Waldachuk out of San Diego, came up here, pitched at St. Mary's. We're looking more at a high-velocity guy, right, with stuff?
4: He's a four-pitch guy. His fastball, 96, maybe 97. We saw him in the Futures game, barely. A couple of weeks back, he threw three pitches, 96, 95, 96. The control is still a work in progress, I think, because he's throwing 95, 96 from the left side, but he he can be very good when he is on. He works all around the zone. It's You're looking at a one-two right there with Ken Waldachek. I really do think you are. He has been impressive at each level. Limited time since the Yankees drafted him, but he's been impressive at each level. He, he might be a little bit further away than J.P. Sears. Like Sears could go up and help a team tomorrow. Waldachuk might be a 2023 kind of guy, but I think fans will really like what you're going to get out of, out of both of those lefties.
0: Well, that's what I like to hear. And I think that's what Ace fans want to hear. Cause everything we've talked about, this is the, the year of discovery for the A's. You know, we just had that run, went to the playoffs, three straight years. And then last year came up short 186 games, but this obviously is a pivot season. So what we're trying to find out right now is who can help, but really who can help for the future. And what you're telling me is, I got two guys that could be in the rotation, one in Waldachuk who could be one of our better guys, a virtual guy in Sears, but you're giving me two guys that could be pitching at the big league level next year.
4: It wouldn't shock me, and I don't know the A's through and through. It wouldn't shock me if you saw Ken Waldachuk in the big leagues later this year, quite honestly. Threatening for a big league rotation spot next year wouldn't shock me whatsoever you got a couple other guys in that deal in luis medina who we haven't seen yet he's one of for me he was that next guy up from double a if we were going to lose an arm this week i I expected medina to be one of the guys we would see so i think you've got a couple of high-end prospects uh admittedly don't know much about the fourth guy in this deal but i think it's a pretty decent haul considering what the yankees gave up uh from their minor league system the last couple of weeks in the ben deal now this deal it's it's a lot and i i hope for new york's sake it works out and i hope for these players because each of the guys we've talked about they have been phenomenal to work with they've been easy to talk to they've handled the media well not that you know triple a media is difficult but i think they're guys that can excel no matter where you put them
0: well that that is a a big thing for us because one thing i think everybody in baseball understands is that oakland the one one of the things that's one of the great qualities is that it's always a good clubhouse it's a it's a great mixture great chemistry and it's one of the reasons why everybody who comes here loves playing here it's because it's a rip-roaring time and everybody you know it's we never have Rarely do we have those issues. So if you're a bad dude and you show up here, you will be exposed really fast. So that's why it's. I, I'm glad to hear good guys coming in. And Medina, from what I'm getting, scouting reports, I mean, you're going to know the organization, even if you haven't seen him. We're hearing a high velocity guy, but a guy that has trouble throwing strikes. Is that what you've heard?
4: There are a couple of guys I've seen in the system that kind of fit that mold. So it's a lot of what I've heard about him. It's very similar to some other pitchers that we've seen over the years. The Yankees have done a nice job kind of harnessing that strength and working to minimize the weaknesses. So there are a few players that that mold sounds exactly what we've seen from a Luis Heal or a Davey Garcia as they were coming up through the organization. Those guys have been hurt this year. They might have been in a similar conversation had they been healthy this season and i've heard a lot of similarities between medina and those guys so i I think if you've got somebody out there that can kind of harness that and reel him back in i think that's just another arm that you're going to win with
0: now you've been doing minor leagues for a long time and i i think about in your career have how you've watched the evolution of starting pitching You've watched how they're babying these guys at every single level, less and less innings, less and less innings pitched. Uh, So when we look at Medina, is Medina just a guy that you have seen a lot of, whether it's starters, relievers, high velocity, working on his secondary stuff and has trouble throwing strikes. I mean, it's kind of par for the course, isn't it, for what you've seen a lot of?
4: It is. In a little context, I've been in baseball about 15 years now, and – I remember watching Luis Mendoza throw a no-hitter in 08-09, where he threw 126 pitches. And I can't <laughs> fathom, I can't fathom that for a triple A starter now. Yeah. Like, you know, guys, are, we had a pitcher, Matt Crook, who's still on our team, throw seven and two-thirds perfect. And his limit, his hard limit in a near perfect game attempt was 100 pitches. So it's being reeled back so much. You know. Is Medina a long-term starter? Maybe that's a guy, if you can't quite bring that control in, you bring back the pitch mix, you bring him down to a one-two pitch guy, you put him out there for an inning and you let him try to blow people away. And that's also a very valuable commodity these days as well. So I think if if it's not a win immediately with Medina, if it's a longer-term project, because he was down in A last year and he was in A this year, maybe that's a guy that factors late 23 24 for the a's i think it's still a win because of the potential there's so much that people buy out of potential for 95 plus in an arm right now that if you can find ways to make that work for you then it's an absolute win for oakland
0: you know one thing that obviously our fans and whether it's talking about our minor league system or yankee fans their minor league system is during the season you have fan bases down the minor leagues triple a double a whichever level you fall in love with players And I I don't know what kind of year you guys are having, but, like, in a minor league year, you could be having a great year. You could be having a record year. It could be such a great team. And then all of a sudden, there's injuries. It's the trade deadline. There's movement. You know, for years, we had the waiver wire process, and there's movement going up and down. And all of a sudden, this team that you've been paying your hard-earned money to watch now, obviously, has changed, and you get in the playoffs. It's not the same team. So a lot of people don't think about that, but it can be tough on minor league baseball fans.
4: It really can. And I'll give you a, a synopsis of our season. We were four and one to start the year and then found ourselves 17 games under 500, 15 and a half games back. We got swept in a double on June 8th. From that point in time, this club's been lights out. 18 and six in July, it was the best record of any minor league baseball team that plays full season ball. So the 120 clubs, nobody had a better record of the full season teams than the Scranton wilkesbury rail riders so we've gone from the depths 10th place to now tied for fifth three games out in a matter of 45 days and my capital in this team is I talk about it for three hours a night I am invested in this I don't like losing I don't like watching bad baseball I have to talk about it for three hours like I want to win so seeing guys and I'm happy for Waldachuk and Sears and Hayden Wisniewski who got traded the first deal the Yankees made yesterday got traded over to the Chicago Cubs like I'm happy for these guys because clearly they're going to get a shot sooner there than they would with the Yankees it seems Sears had his chances and could have been back up there tomorrow quite honestly um but I'm invested in it like I want to win on a nightly basis I hate the trade deadline (laughs) like (laughs) yeah i don't want to see 2018 the yankees traded away seven of our 25-man roster at the deadline a quarter of the roster shipped out for that playoff run like i was jittery yesterday like let's just go let's get it over with because you don't know what you're going to walk into on tuesday you don't know what you're going to walk into after this trade deadline i think we still have a good team i don't know if it's what we were because we were pitching heavy that's what got us. Back to where we were. So it's tough. It's melancholy. You want to see these guys do well. You want to see them get to the big leagues. You want it to be with you, with the New York Yankees. But on the same side of that, I, I want to win on a nightly basis. I know the Yankees want to win. The A's want to win. Everybody wants to win. And we had it. So I don't know what tomorrow brings.
0: Yeah, It's, it's not easy. And also, you know, with the way the Yankees have been rolling for so long, you know, I try – you know, you and I are old enough to we remember when the Yankees weren't good, and uh, you know Don Mattingly only made the playoffs one time in his career. Sure, I, I mean there there were a lot of issues with the Yankees for many years. That's when we were young. Now this generation of fans, the Yankees are in the playoffs every year. I mean it's it's been it just have been an incredible run. But what also makes that tough is that. You know, like Oakland is the land of opportunity. You get in this organization, doesn't matter where you're drafted, doesn't matter your signing bonus. I mean, you play, you shoot through the organization, you have a chance to make the big leagues, and we can end on this. That's not the same in certain organizations, and very tough right now. If you're a minor leaguer for the Yankees, wouldn't you say to try and crack that 26 man roster?
4: The pressure is always on in New York, and I saw we hosted Brian Cashman on a Zoom prior to the season, and he talked about that. That was one of the questions somebody asked, like, you're never off the hook. It's always got to be on, and it's a fan base that is passionate about it, and every every organization, every team has its passionate fans. We get a guy here in AAA who has a you know, three-hit night, and the response is always, call him up. Everybody is, call him up. That's, I, I tweet that out constantly now, like, List off five guys. Call them all up. Like, nobody is ever happy. It's always the next thing. And a 70-win team, a guy with, you know, no matter what they do, it's never enough until they win number 28. And then it will not be enough until they win number 29. It is such a very different mindset. I grew up in the Pittsburgh area. I grew up an L.A. Dodgers fan until I started to like the Pirates, and their 20 years of misery. So, like, it's different than anything else in the world. It, it, no matter what, never enough. And I give them credit because they get there and they have the chance and they have the opportunity. Now they just need to get over that hump for the 28th time.
0: It's New York, and it's the New York Yankees. And when you talk about calm up, remember, everybody loves the backup quarterback. Everybody Always. loves the backup quarterback. <laughs> Always. Always. Hey, thank you so much for your time. We truly appreciate the insight, and good luck to you the rest of the season. Thank you, and
4: best of luck to you guys, and enjoy our former rail riders out there on the
0: West Coast. Well, we will. Let's hope to God that these uh, rail riders show up, and this kid from St. Mary's absolutely shoves. Ken Walterchuk.
3: A, the good track record from St. Mary's recently, Tony Gonsolin, Corbin Burns is pretty good.
0: I don't fear St. Mary's. I'm 1-0 against St. Mary's. I mean,
3: the last time St. Mary's. You know, want to go
0: over when I beat St. Mary's at St. Mary's? You want to go over that?
3: What was that, 19- It was a big what, game. What year was it?
0: <laughs> 95?
3: Because the remember, the only other player we know besides Tom Candiotti that's a St. Mary's alum. Uh, Why does this not, Alex the, Jensen the wasn't the
0: helmet's not fitting right with the headset?
3: I don't know. But The first thing I said when I saw it, does it I, look crooked? Yeah, it's crooked. I'm gonna text. I'll text Melissa to join. Um, Alex Jensen was at St. Mary's, but he wasn't.
0: Do, do you a think draft
3: guy? Do you think a Gene Tennis when you see this? Uh, I think more Darren Bush now because Darren Bush was that in the dugout for the A's.
0: So are are we going? You know. This will be interesting—is to see how Melissa sees this versus Keith Law. Same publication, both from the Athletic. Yes, we could have some uh, Athletic hate on Athletic hate here. Oh yeah, we don't want that. Oh, because when Athletic when Athletic <laughs> writers go after each other, uh, not good. Now shouldn't be a problem. Uh, Melissa's here already, so let's. Are you ready? I am, but w- what did you think? Were you were you feeling good about him when you when you heard what he had to say?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I, I, um, I guess I could say I've heard of Walter Chuck before because of looking at prospect list and playing MLB the Show. But other than that, like it's not like I sit there and watch Yankees double A. We've seen triple a Sears. Games. Yeah, we saw Sears June 28th against the A's. Frankie Montas, I believe, pitched that game against the Yankees. Sears actually pitched pretty well in that game, got a win. But uh, let's we'll see what Melissa has to say about the. New prospects for the A's.
0: Nobody better than Melissa Lockhart. She's with us here from The Athletic. How are you? It's been a while. Yeah, I'm
1: doing well. How about you guys?
0: We are doing well. And, of course, we we, we want your opinion. There's a lot of opinions out there. When you heard about the trade, did you say, yes, it's a great deal for the A's? Or did you say, well, it's one of those, like a lot of deals, we're going to have to wait and see?
1: You know, I, I think you do this long enough and you almost always have to wait and see, right? I mean, yeah. I know that's that's not the the like good answer for No, talk, we Melissa, we, right?
0: need we need to know now. We need to know right now. Did they win I this mean, trade?
1: You know, when you're when you're a, a seller, it's all about what happens later, right? So I, I think there's probably no one that when the A's traded Jeff Samarja uh, to the White Sox was like, Man, that that's a trade that's gonna make them, you know, have Marcus Simeon, you know, MVP candidate and Chris Bassett, one of the best pitchers in the league. I mean, you know, a lot of people sort of were like, eh, you know, who knows? So I, I think you got to give it a little bit of time. I, I do think, um, you know, the guys they got back really addressed a need in the system, obviously pitching beyond the major league level has been a real issue for the A's in their minor league system the last two seasons. So, um, you know, these are guys that are not that far away. So I think you have a good sense of who they could be, which I think is is good. You know, sometimes, the, the sexier names are the ones that are in a ball because they're the ones that kind of have this hype about them. Um, and you see that a lot like the Mariners package that they got, uh, you know, Louis for Luis Castillo that they sent to the reds. But I think ultimately there's so much variance about what can happen to a player from a ball to the big leagues that when you get a guy who's already established himself with AAA or has made a few starts in the big leagues, like JP Sears, you have a much better idea of what you're going to get there. Um, So from a risk perspective, I think this deal is a lot less risky than some of the other ones.
0: Yeah, it's like on uh, draft day in the NFL, they're giving grades out. you got no idea what your third, (laughs) fourth, fifth. Uh, These two fifth-rounders got, nobody has any idea. It's going to take some time. I will say this from your own publication. Keith Law, who also writes for The Athletic, I've read his article. It says, Law's trade report, Yankees add Frankie Montas – I don't like the trade for the A's. So he did not love this trade when he looked at it. So it is a wait and see, but tell me why this can be a win for the A's.
1: Well, I think as long as they are playing at the Coliseum, A's teams have to pitch well. That's basically the winning formula for every team that's been in this, you know, stadium since they moved to Oakland has been based on having a strong pitching staff. And, uh, you know, right now, they are transitioning from what was a very strong starting rotation, you know, maybe arguably one of the top five in all of baseball last year uh, to a, a really big unknown. And you have Cole Irvin and you have James Caprillion and you have Paul Blackburn, you know, as, as pieces that you can look to for the next couple of years, but beyond those three guys uh, you know, you've got so many injury issues with, with Dalton Jeffries. And then, you know, guys that were sort of um, not progressing as you would hope to triple a that there just was a huge unknown there. So starting back in spring training and adding the, the players that they added in those trades in the spring and then adding the players that they added today there's just so many more candidates to fill those spots now um, and then those who don't make it in the rotation can fill bullpen spots that uh, the chances of having a strong pitching staff are so much better now than there were you know six months ago and ultimately if they can pitch they can win no matter how much how much or how little they hit at, at the Coliseum and as long as are going to be at the coliseum that's how they should build these
0: teams yeah you prevent runs whether it's with your pitching or your defense it's going to give you uh it's going to give you an opportunity and the late great ray fossey just pounded us it's pitching and defense with the a's that's you know it's when home runs are flying out fossey was always pitching and defense so we live by that a wall to chuck from san diego pitched to st mary's uh left-hander with a big arm do you see him front of the rotation, middle, back of the rotation? How do you see him?
1: Yeah, I think he's got a real shot to be a number one or number two guy in the rotation. You know, he's got four pitches that he can turn to that are all, you know, major league average or better, which is is really solid place to start from. He's got the velocity to miss bats, but he also can change speeds really well. He seems like he has some pitch ability already, um, you know, that St. Mary's, pitching factory kind of gives these guys a really good base to work from and then they seem to come to the pros and just take off so um you know he, he's a guy um you know it's actually funny uh, my next door neighbor randomly is good friends with his mom from childhood and has been asking me about him throughout his pro career so nice. I, in- i've been following him very closely since he inside info Yeah. And so, so I was very excited to tell her that I'll have a lot more information on him (laughs) coming soon. So, um, but I mean, you know, he's, he's dominated every level that he's pitched at so far as a pro um, pitched in the futures game and uh, just seems like a guy that can sort of slot in there in that number one or number two spot for them.
0: And the great thing is, and we we're just talking to the AAA voice for the Yankees, like these guys are they're ready to start pitching in the big leagues, right? So, uh, you know, whenever you get this super young talent and you just wonder and you have no clue, uh, you're talking about guys that are going to be pitching in the big leagues probably maybe later this year. Uh, we just saw Sears when the A's played the Yankees. So it's been explained to us that he could be a starter, could pitch out of the bullpen, Versatile guy. Obviously he's already pitched in the big league. So would you do you expect to see both these guys with the A's at some point
1: this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, they don't have that rotation spot for Montas filled yet, right? They they yeah. don't have to fill it because they've got the off days, so uh, it's entirely possible that Sears gets one uh, start in Las Vegas and gets a chance to fill that rotation spot right away. We'll have to see kind of how they decide to fill that there. Obviously, there's there's a few other candidates with Logue and, and Adrian Martinez, and um, you know that that they can go to, but um, I would expect you'll see both of them. I think Waldichuk hasn't had quite as much uh, AAA experience yet, so they might give him a few more starts but um, you know I I think you're going to see a lot of mixing and matching as they go down to the end of the season now I think they're at that point where they didn't trade away a whole lot of the veteran guys so you're not going to see a wholesale you know kind of group come up but um, I think you are going to start to see guys maybe Pache getting a chance to come back and see if you know the improvements he made can stick Um, some of the pitchers getting opportunities as well because I think you know, ultimately, these next couple of months are their opportunity to sort of see what is our building point for the start of next year. And, you know, guys like like uh, Chad Pender and stuff may not be there, but um, some of these other guys are going to be. So they have to kind of see a little bit what they're going to get from them.
0: So earlier today, Ray, before we brought you on, Adam Marco does the play by play for the AAA ball club for the Yankees, so he, these guys were in his, in his rotation, so he's been calling their games. He hasn't seen Luis Medina yet, um, who he said, though, reports are he was about to at some point come up to AAA for the Yankees, throws really hard, has had control problems in the past. What have you found out about him?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you summarized it pretty well. I mean, he's a guy that hit reportedly one Oh three on the radar gun, you know, so this is a guy that can really, really throw a hard fastball. He's got a a hard breaking ball as well. Um, The ACE talked David force talked about keeping them in the rotation. He's running low on options though. I, you know, it wasn't clear to me whether this is his final option year or next, but either way they're going to have to figure out a a big league role for him pretty soon. So it may make more sense for him to eventually become a reliever because there is a little more development that needs to happen just because he's only at AA at this point. And there is those command issues. And sometimes those command issues lessen when you have a guy that can just – focus on two pitches as opposed to trying to get three or four working for him. But uh, I mean, absolutely electric arm. And there is a lack of electric arms, you know, in the system, or at least there was, I think they've added quite a few over the last uh, six months, but um, you know, velocity has never been a strength of the A system. And so he immediately becomes one of those really notable guys because of his ability to throw hard. Um, And I think a fallback as a late inning reliever, you know, is a pretty solid floor for somebody um, that you're looking at. And, um, you know, like Domingo Acevedo was another top Yankees prospect who he did throw harder than he throws now um, earlier in his Yankees career. He had a a little bit of injury issues, but, you know, he's a guy the A's were able to figure out a good bullpen role for, um, you know, at time the Yankees were really high on him as a potential starter. So, um, you know, I think that would be a floor for Medina. And if things click together quickly, if he can develop a third pitch, like a a change up in the A system and, and refine his command a little bit he's got a chance to be a a starter as well
0: cooper bowman i'm here you know you hear the you hear what david force had to say you read some reports and then you see he's hitting 217 um what do we know about him and will he actually be able to play up the middle some people kind of vary on his skills i know he's kind of a second base shortstop guy what are you hearing there
1: yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, he's kind of a scrapper. Um, I, it reminds me a lot actually of what Joey Wendell's sort of um, profile was when the A's acquired him a little younger um, in his career. Uh, you know, the average is a little misleading, I think, because the league he's, he was in that Sally league is filled with a lot of pitcher parks. Um, and the fact that he was still getting on base he was stealing bases, he was playing a number of different positions, I think gives you a sense of what his strengths really are. Uh, I think that what you were seeing, um, compared to last year that was lacking was a little bit of the power, which I think is a reflection somewhat of that league and this sort of what, what it suppresses of hitters. So, um, you know, I don't expect him to be a middle of the order guy, but I think he's one of these guys that can be, um, you know, second baseman, third baseman, play some shortstop if you need him. I think they'll probably try him out in center field a little bit, too. Um, can steal a lot of bases, get on base, and and be just sort of a, a useful player. And, um, yeah, he's got a great baseball name already. So <laughs> it reminds me of those Bowman baseball cards when we were a kid.
0: <laughs> yeah. So where are we now with the A's system? How strong is it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's coming together. It's not where it was a few years ago when, you know, you were looking at um, that whole wave that was coming up, um, you know, with uh, Matt Chapman and Matt Olson and everybody, but it's getting closer to that bulk of interesting players again. You know, I think the last two drafts have been really strong. I'm very excited to see the guys that they um, drafted start playing in the next couple of days. I think they're looking at like August 8th for a lot of those guys to get sent out. Um, you know, there's, there's some really dynamic position players that they've added to the system. Uh, Tyler Soderstrom's making his AA debut debut right now, you know, as a 20 year old, which I think is really exciting to see. Um, I think he's going to be a major power force for them, um, in the, in the near future. Zach Eloff's a really dynamic player, even Logan Davidson, who I think a lot of people have given up on is having a really nice rebound year at double a. So, um, there's some useful players there. And then the pitching now kind of coming together a little bit more, so, Um, there's just a lot more interesting players to look for, which I think you, you really didn't see as much last year. So, um, it's, it's still a work in progress. I imagine we'll see more trades in the off season that will probably enhance it even further. Um, but I think it's off to a good start anyway.
0: So when you say trades in the off season, we're talking about big leaguers. Who do you think that would be?
1: I mean, I, you know, I think it, it logically you would look at Sean Murphy and who the, they've acquired behind Sean Murphy in the last, uh, you know, six months and getting Shea Langoliers and, and and drafting uh, Daniel Susick. Um, I don't think they have to move him. And obviously I do think he's a very special player. You've seen the bat really come alive lately and the defense is, is outstanding, but um, you know, there was probably quite a few discussions that had you know came to not full fruition during this you know that'll probably get revisited in the off season i know cleveland has been very very interested in him and they've got a very deep farm system so um you know i'd be i don't know that it's a slam dunk that he'd be moved but certainly he'll be popular i think ramon you know loriano will be popular as well and they'll have to kind of see you know, what they want to do there. Um, But, you know, so those are, those are guys you might look at as, as potentially being moved, but I I don't know that they'll be in a position where they have to move anyone like they were this year.
0: You know, I think about Sean Murphy and if you follow this team, you got to think, are the A's going to win next year? If you had to say yes or no, what would you say? (laughs) Probably not. Okay. How about the year after that?
1: You know, I, 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 I never put it past them because they've come together so quickly in the past. And I do think the fact that you've got guys like Geloff and Soderstrom in double-A doesn't take that completely out of the equation. And the pitching is starting to look better in the upper levels. I wouldn't put a pin on that year and say, that's the year that the window for sure opens. But I think there's a chance.
0: Okay. So that takes two years. Let's just say two years. Murphy, you haven't wanted two years. You have had him for another two years. He's now getting expensive and he's getting into his thirties, and we know in the past he's had bad knees. So that's where if they would have moved him, I know the fan base would have been upset, but I would have understand, like, okay, Murph's coming into his own and he's, you know, he's gonna hit better now, which I'm hoping he's been hot lately. Let's see see how it works out. But it's like having a really good catcher who can hit and you're in last place doesn't do you any good when he's twenty eight and twenty nine, right?
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't think they didn't trade him because they were concerned about fan backlash. I think that would have, you know, precluded a lot of trades if that, if that yeah. had been something that they consider. Um, but I, I think, honestly, the catching market clearly didn't come to the same level that people kind of thought it was going to. You look at Wilson Contreras is still on the Cubs, which is kind of amazing. You know, a guy's going to be a free agent. Well, well he yeah.
0: said, it, wait, wait, hold on, Melissa. He he took Cubs off his Instagram. There's no way he can still be a Cub.
1: He, he's he's still there. He hugged everyone. There was tears. Yes, he said goodbye. goodbye.
0: You yeah. hey, you take you take you take your team off Instagram. It's a big story. You're for right. sure gone.
1: Yeah, I mean he's <laughs> going to have to come back with a beard or something because it's like you know. Um, I mean it's I mean it it, it is really interesting. So I, I just I think there were only a few clubs that were really maybe in the market for catchers, and those clubs for whatever reason decided not to pull the trigger at this deadline. But I do think that these clubs will reconsider things in in an off season. And um, I, you know, I do think Murphy will be one of the more attractive players on the market. And, you know, I think we will see Shea at some point, you know, during the second half and it'll give the A's a good chance to see, you know, is this guy ready to be the primary catcher at a big league level next year? I think they feel like he probably is, but they'll give him a good chance to, to get his feet wet, you know, the second half of this season.
0: Yeah, this is – I just looked up Langoliers. It was my next question. Uh, hitting 277 and 883 OPS. I, the numbers are always skewed down in Vegas, but 19 bombs, 318 ABs, MVP of the Futures game. Uh, how much more does he got to do down there? I mean, what, what when, when are we going to – I know we have 8,000 catchers in this system and you only can play one a night. Uh, how much longer does he need to be in Vegas anymore?
1: No, I I don't think so. I think, you know, the issue is more just who they have, you know, in Oakland. I think they're, they're giving both Murphy and, and vote those starts. So they don't have a spot for him at the moment. Um, I, I think he has shown enough to go up there. You know, he's a very similar player to Murphy um, hits the ball really hard, is not going to hit the ball for average, but is going to hit for power and the defense is going to really make him that valuable player. And I think it'll be helpful for him to have time with both um you know, Murphy and vote, because I think it'll give him an opportunity to, to soak up, you know, two of one of the more intellectual catchers out there. So um, it's probably not something they want to do so early because he won't get a ton of at-bats and I don't think they want to rob him of those at bat, those regular at-bats that he's getting right now just in terms of reps. But uh, I, I would expect by, you know, maybe end of this month, you know, he'd be up there, um, you know, certainly by that extra two players in September, uh, but um, maybe even before that.
0: I mean, like, seriously, I got to do this minor league report every day. I want to go, why is he still there? I want to see him and I want to see him now. All right. So let me give you uh, just give me a couple players That for you, your wish list, if you say, okay, these are the one, two, three guys that I want to see at some point in Oakland, this is their name, take Langleyers out, who else would you like to see and why?
1: Well, I'd like to see Garrett Acton, the reliever, um, who's really pitched well in Las Vegas. I think it'd be very interesting to see how he slots in in this sort of revamped uh, bullpen. And, you know, I know that Danny Jimenez came back and took um, Lou Trevino's spot in the bullpen. But I think there's obviously a a spot for another kind of late inning type arm at some point. So I'd really like to see him, um, you know, very interested in seeing both Sears and Valdachuk at some point. This year, and and I'd like to see how Christian Pache's changes, you know, play out back at the big league level. He's getting the ball in the air a little bit more, um, which was really his main objective in going down to Las Vegas. Um, and I think, you know, obviously the the defensive talent and um, is is already major league quality or better. Um, so if he can just hit a little bit, I think he'd bring a lot to the team because the, you know the center field defense is just not quite the same without him out there. So uh, it would be a really good to see what kind of rebound he can have when he comes back up.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. I I hate to say it. I actually forgot about him. I haven't thought about him in a while, and I and because I know he dipped, and it just kind of depresses me. Because at one point it's like, oh, he's hitting three twenty, and then I look now he's hitting three two fifty six. I mean, that's gonna be the question about Pache. He's athletic. He's a super kid. I mean, a really nice kid. Everybody loved him up here, uh, as you said. Defensively, he can go get it. I mean, he's he's a he. I think when he came over, people didn't realize how big he is. He's like a NFL free safety type size. He's a pretty decent-sized kid who can run. It's just the question, is he going to be able to hit? Can he compete on a daily basis in that box against big league pitching?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I I think that remains to be seen a little bit, but there, there were certainly mechanical issues that were not um, allowing him to get the ball up in the air. And so, you know, if, if those are being addressed, I don't think he was ever going to be a high average guy anyway, but if he's able to get the ball up in the air and hit for power more um, you know, you can tolerate two thirty if he's hitting 20 home runs and he's stealing 20 bases. So, um, you know, I think that's what you're, what you're looking for. And I think that's certainly within well within his, you know, outcomes, um, with the talent that he's got. Cause he was hitting the ball really hard. He was just hitting it on the ground and there's just not a lot you can get out of that uh, at the big league level. So
0: now for you, cause you've been, you've been scouring all these guys. I know you have to do stuff with the giants too. Sometimes. I mean, is this now, thank God it's over. Grab a glass of wine and just relax a little bit now that we don't have to worry about the waiver wire process anymore, that this is it. We had our deadline.
1: Yeah. I mean, with the draft coming right before this, it's been, (laughs) you know, a brutal, (laughs) I'd say six weeks for all of us that that kind of do this stuff for a living. So um, I I think, we got to get through tonight and the content that comes out of that, but um, it will be a little bit more relaxing after that. And and I'm really looking forward, you know, when it comes to the A system, so many guys were hurt and they're all kind of coming back right now. Um, And so I think it's going to be a lot more fun these next couple of months to follow the teams, because I think you're going to really start to see their best guys, um, you know, actually have reps and make, Progress, where so many of them were on the injured list for so much of the year. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, I could use a few days off. I
0: think. Well, I, I just said this the other day with Eno Saris on the air. I say it when we have you on. Journalism is not dead. The Athletic, the work that you do is fantastic. And I don't care whether you're talking baseball football's fantastic if you're a niner fan raider fan you're warrior fan you're sharks fan you guys do an unbelievable job covering sports it's worth the money i suggest everybody subscribe it's not that expensive it is worth it quality journalism you guys do a fantastic job and thank you for coming on we always appreciate your time
1: well, thank you. And that $10 I gave you to bribe you for that endorsement. Goes but
0: hey, that. Remember remember when, because radio is the same thing. The consultants would come in and they say, less is more. And what we found out with podcasts or what we found out with The Athletic, that's not the case. If you are a good writer and you give me an article – It doesn't need to be less than one page. It doesn't have to be half a page like you get on ESPN.com. It can be eight pages, but if it's quality journalism, we'll read it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we're churning out. And as you said, I mean, any sport, even soccer, if you're getting into the World Cup and everything, you know, highly recommend you guys coming on and and joining us. But I I appreciate the, the endorsement.
0: Well, exhale and enjoy. We'll be calling soon. All right. Thank you guys so much. Melissa Lockhart does a great job for The Athletic. Covering the A's, minor league baseball, even for you Giants fans. She does Giants. Um, Let's see. There's a few things that I wanted to hit before I hit the Nats. You got about 10 minutes, if that. Um, Just a list of guys wrote down quickly for the, we didn't make a deal, but we're getting guys back healthy. It's like a deal at the deadline. Don't you like that tired act? Yeah. Because what happens with hurt guys? You don't know. You don't know if they stay hurt. You don't know if they come back 100%. But uh, your favorite Frenchman who's not a Frenchman, Luis Robert. Yeah, I call him Robert. uh, For the White Sox. um, He could be back mid-August, they said on MLB Network. I'm like, he's got dizziness. Blood vision. (laughs) He's having problems seeing. How do you know he's going to be back mid-August? I, the stuff people say in baseball, it's great. They do it in all sports. But the stuff in baseball, it's crazy. He can't see right. How do you know he's going to be back mid-August? There's no way. John uh, Carlos stands has got the Achilles tendon issue. Uh, Lance McCullers hasn't pitched this year. Could be coming back for the Astros. Uh, Nate Pierce, Pearson from the Blue Jays. Hard thrower, great stuff, but he's been out. Jack Flaherty, Cardinals been out. Wander Franco. Not Franco, it's Franco. Uh, he's been out now since what, June?
3: Yeah, after signing that big, yeah, huge deal in the offseason. They haven't really got – and the Rays are still above floating above water without him. That just shows you how good they are.
0: I'm not going to give you his nickname because it's not right, but he is from San Jose, the great Mitch Hanniger and the <laughs> Mariners. You forget that he's been hurt. Walker Bueller, one of the best pitchers in the game, has been out since June. Bryce Harper and the broken hand. Mike Trout in the back. Forgot one.
3: Might be the biggest deadline acquisition in the history of baseball. No, I'm not talking about you, Juan Soto. Everyone kept telling me that this guy coming back is a big deal. Jacob DeGrom back for the Mets. Four and two thirds, three hits. One earned run against the Nats. He's done. Take six, him out. Six strikeouts. Nats winning one nothing. Yes, the Nats with hey. nobody on their team winning.
0: Hey. Mets don't need DeGrom. Mets have won a season-high seven straight games, outscoring their opponents 43-20, to and they haven't won eight in a row since 2019, and their starters right now 8-4 and four, with a 1.95 ERA in the last 20 games. They don't need you, DeGrom. You want to opt out? You want to get out of town? See ya. They don't need you. They can take their money and spend it somewhere else. He's going
3: to be a brave if he opts out. I think he's going to be a brave.
0: I, I, You know what happens when he leaves New York and he goes six innings and gives up one run? He won't be as celebrated as he was in New York. Uh, media market. Telling me right now, he leaves New York, and the whole, he's the greatest pitcher ever. He goes six innings, gives up one run. He won't get celebrated like that in a smaller market. Am I wrong on that?
3: Not at all. I think it if it's not L.A. or... Or New York.
0: He's not going to get. Even L.A. I mean. He's not going to go L.A. anyway.
3: Well, I'm not going to rule that out. He
0: has not been. He's a phenomenal talent. Two-time Cy Young Award winner. But he's not a workhorse. And everybody's looked over that aspect of it. And they give you all the numbers where he's just phenomenal. And his metrics are phenomenal. But you take him out of New York where there's that big voice to champion him. And he's giving you six innings, five and two-thirds for a lot of money. I don't know. We'll see. Something I wanted to bring up that I thought was really, really interesting from a standpoint beyond just our game and the deadline. And I took a picture of this today because I thought we all would be real interested in it. Why is my photos not? Can't get out of my photos. Jesus. you got about
3: five minutes to get through this.
0: I took a picture today of the Washington Nationals Game 7, the team that won the World Series. Trey Turner, Adam Eaton, Anthony Rendon, Juan Soto, uh, Kendrick, Cabrera, Zimmerman, Gomes. Or will put a Jan Gomes. And uh, Robles. And your starter was Max Scherzer. That was your Game 7 starting lineup for the 2019 World Series Washington Nationals. I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about, not to get too deep, how much our world has changed since that time. You weren't even back then you weren't think back then you're thinking oh the nationals they beat the astros great job every at the every road they every road game was won it was kind of historic you'd have thanksgiving on the horizon christmas would start to come around we would go down to san diego for the winter meetings in 2019 which was really an eye opener for us where everybody in baseball was coming and asking about Ace Cast and wanted to meet with us and talk to us and how's it going and you know the numbers and everything. We were kind of riding a high coming out of that. Uh, in February of 2020, I would take my family with my two best friends and their families and we go to fit, we'd go to DC, Philly, New York, kind of a historic trip. And little did we know at that time when we were on the East Coast, COVID is raging. Raging through the East Coast and heading out west. COVID would change the world. It would change our sport, and it would change the world. Over a million Americans have died from COVID-19. And people have died all over the world. Juan Soto being traded today. It just made me think when they put this up, and I, I got up, and I'm watching MLB Network, obviously, what I do, and I took a picture of the lineup that they put out there. And it just hit me. Just think about our sport and think about our world. Think about your life. Think about your personal life. Like for the Nationals today and their fan base losing Juan Soto. And it's it's one of the biggest trades in the history of baseball. But everything in our lives, our personal lives, our professional lives, look at all the things that have happened to you on an everyday basis, whether it was your job, getting vaccinated, not getting vaccinated. We never even thought we would. I mean, we didn't even thought about a vaccination when the Nats were winning the World Series. Or that you'd have a second shot, a booster shot, talking about a fourth shot. You never think you'd see record high gas prices or inflation. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that has happened in our little world, but in the entire world. We didn't think about during the time of this World Series that we would be linked to other countries around the world, that we'd all be sharing the same problems. There's still a lot of you who may watch this. You haven't gone back to a place to work. You haven't gone back to an office. I mean, it's crazy. It's 2022. We're now in August of 2022. I've been working a little bit in San Francisco. I walk into the Whole Foods right by NBC in San Francisco, not far from the ballpark. Everybody is still in mass. I was, like, walking in. When I first walked out. I was like, is the ordinance back on? Like, do I need to put a mask on? Like, I didn't – it's August of 2022. Juan Soto's been traded, and think what the world was like when the Nats last won the World Series. We had the lockout in baseball. We've had – our worlds have completely changed – since the last time Juan Soto and the Nats won the World
3: Series. 100%. Only one guy in that lineup is still on the team, and it's Victor Robles. Guy that I, asked,
0: I asked Cody before the show, what does it mean to you? And went, well, and I said, watch, I'm going to blow your mind on this one. Yeah, I didn't think you were going there. I don't think anybody thinks about that. Since what has happened in your life? What's happened to your family? What's happened to your job? What's happened to the world since the last time the Nats won the World Series and Juan Soto was a Nat? Yeah. A lot of stuff's happened. I mean I got married again. A lot of things have happened.
3: Yeah, I mean it about me. Both right my
0: kids have had COVID. I've had COVID. I did. Yeah. I mean we're just as a as an organization going back to the offices. Yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 unbelievable. It was really when I saw that it hit me this morning like, wow. Who would have thought watching watching that World Series that everyone lives on this planet? would absolutely change not too far from that point we'll be back tomorrow at four o'clock coming up next it's a's baseball we'll have a's total access for you thank you for everybody who watched today's program it was a lot of fun uh trading deadline now gonna be different without the waiver wire process you either make moves or you're shut out of it Thank you to Adam Marco, the AAA voice of the New York Yankees, and Melissa Lockhart from The Athletic. We'll see everybody tomorrow right here at 4 o'clock for A's Cast Live.